1: Congress continues its annual Christmas tradition of scrooging over America. What's up? This is, <laughs> this is Bah Humbug. What's up? This is Marque Saves the Republic. And man, we are just tick-tock. The clock is getting closer and closer to Christmas. And we know Christmas is close by because Congress has just spent all your money on things you didn't want. And then they fled town for three weeks before you realized what was going on and or could do anything to stop it. And that's an annual tradition. Uh, in the halls of Congress and in Washington D.C., and we'll get to that here in just a minute. We'll tell you all about the Scrooges, uh, but first, a couple of things. Uh, first of all, thank you so much for listening to this podcast. If you have not yet downloaded, or subscribed to, or liked this podcast, make sure you do because we want to make sure you get the content every single day. Uh, we're planning a couple of really exciting things coming up in the future. Tomorrow, I'm going to do a special December 16th edition of the Mark K uh, Saves the Republic podcast because it's my favorite day of the year. Well, one of them, it's the commemoration, the anniversary of the Boston Tea Party. And the only thing I like better than black coffee is Boston tea. In fact, we had a shirt uh, years ago. I used to wear it all the time. My daughter loved it. And I forget, it was from some company that sent it to me. And it said, I like my coffee black and my tea in the harbor. And I, was, and I thought that was one of the best shirts. I wonder whatever happened to that. I think maybe, maybe my daughter stole it, because now that I think about it, I'm going to have to go check our closet when I get home because I haven't seen it in a while. And I, and I love that shirt. So we're going to do that tomorrow. And then, uh, and then next week, we have a full slate of fantastic podcasts before we go away for the holiday season. Now, keep in mind, we take one week off for Christmas, whereas Congress takes off three. And fun fact, before we go away for Christmas, we don't, you know, bend you over and just, well, I don't want to get too graphic. But we don't, you know, we don't scrooge you the way they do. Uh, In Washington, D.C., and we'll and we'll we'll itemize the list of things that are in the NDAA that you should be that should really make you MADD uh, this holiday season. Uh, Okay, one more thing too: the untold story of Christmas. Um, Yesterday, I told you that it was the last day I could really guarantee or I felt comfortable um, letting you know that if you ordered the book, you could get it in time for Christmas. And today we're probably at about like 95 percent. So if you if you're listening to this podcast right now, open another browser window on whatever, on your phone or your tablet or whatever. And go to the untoldstoryofchristmas.com so you can get yours for Christmas. If you've already ordered two, there's a reorder page and check your email because we sent that out to all of our all of our customers. A lot of folks were saying, "Hey, I want to reorder a couple copies. I want to get a bunch for all my friends and family." We had one school here in uh, in Florida, one school, they have like there's some like 30 teachers and they ordered one copy for every one of their teachers. They said, we love this so much. We want to give it to the teacher so they can either have it in their classroom or so that they can. It was not a public school, fun fact, because it's a book about Jesus. And, you know, those two things don't go hand in hand. But, uh, but they bought one for every one of their teachers as a gift. So it's a great idea. If you want to surprise your employees, um, anything at all, go to the theuntoldstoryofchristmas.com and get yours today so you can get them out by Christmas. Those of you who are watching on locals, by the way, hello, good morning, hi. Uh, we broadcast every day the Mark K. Uh, Save the Republic podcast on locals. You'll notice I'm wearing some Ray Bans. I'm wearing my Ray Bans today. And I'm not, and I don't have a black eye. I didn't get in a fight with anybody and lose, although that's typically the way my fights go. I'm not like hungover. A lot of people are like, oh, Mark must be hungover. And he's wearing shades. No, I read this article about Meta, which you know is Facebook. Meta, uh, aka Facebook. They've created a new pair of glasses in conjunction with Ray-Ban and their smart glasses. You know, something Google tried this years ago with the Google Glass, but it just looks stupid. So nobody bought it. Snapchat also tried it. They had some Snapchat glasses, which were ridiculous looking as well. So Meta and Mark Zuckerberg, who I have a love-hate relationship with them because sometimes they're really good to us. Sometimes they treat us horribly. Sometimes they... uh, Sometimes they they reward us and tell us good job and they make us famous and everyone's happy with them. Most of the time though, they just they just they just kick us in the face and push us down the stairs and take our lunch money and all that other stuff. So, but you know, I keep coming back like some kind of like some kind of you know jilted lover. Uh, but anyway, they've come up with an idea. They said, hey, you know what? In, we want to do smart glasses too. And instead of creating our own ugly ass glasses like Google did. Or instead of creating something totally ridiculous that nobody would wear, even if you paid them, like Snapchat did, and I know because they I was they tried to pay me, um, we're gonna just find something people already wear, like Ray Ban Wayfarers, and we're just gonna cr- turn those into smart glasses, and that's what they did. Uh, these aren't them, but these are the exact kind of specs. Or the mo- I have this pair; I've had it for a while, um, and this is exactly what the Meta glasses look like now. The ones that Meta has created have built-in speakers and microphones so you can wear your glasses and you could talk on the phone or whatever it is. I guess you talk on the the WhatsApp messaging system. And they also have a built-in camera and recorder. Get this. So you can live stream in real time and people live streaming can see exactly what you see. So if I'm doing an interview with somebody, I could live stream that interview, wear my ray Bands. look at them. And they would, they would just, their voice and their audio and everything would be live streamed directly to whatever platform uh, I'm using. And I read an article about it. This one guy was testing these things out and he said it was incredibly creepy.
0: This episode is brought to you by sax.com. At sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch, find inspiration for your new vibe every day at Saks.com.
1: It was incredibly creepy because even though he knew he was recording, he still felt kind of guilty or weird for recording all of this stuff. Uh, He said that it was a little bizarre. He tried to drive, like drive around with the glasses on. But he felt compelled because he knew he was recording or live streaming, whatever, to look at interesting stuff, which then distracted him from driving and he almost got into a car accident. I don't know about any of that. But I've been wearing these Ray-Bans today to see what it would be like if I because I don't wear glasses. And I was like, what if I could I wear these around all day long and live stream? And and apparently there's like a little red dot. I don't know where I think maybe, maybe not in the middle. That would be too, it'd be very Hinduish. Uh, I think it's like on the right side, whatever. There's like a little red light that lights up when you're recording so that everybody else knows you're recording. Fun fact, though, the guy in the article said even though he had a red light on uh, so that people would know he was recording, didn't nobody know he was recording. Even the editors of the magazine who knew he was doing this article forgot that he was wearing these glasses and recording everything that he said and did. And so that's when I thought they would really come in handy. Like if I were going into a meeting I would 100% wear these glasses and I would record every damn word. I would record every damn word of every meeting I went into so that when they came back to me and say, said, but you promised to do this, or you said you would do that, or we never said that. I could be like, oh yeah, let's go to the tape. And then I don't know if you could project it too. Like, I don't know, I guess I'd have to go back to the computer. What would be great is if you could watch something and then project it back as a hologram in real time, so you could instantly say to somebody, hey, uh, here's what actually happened. And we could watch the scene, like the red flag commercials where they throw the red flag and, I don't know. uh, I didn't get the glasses, they're very expensive, but it's something I mean, it's the only time I've actually been tempted to experiment with some kind of uh, wearable tech like that. And it's only to uh, protect myself. Oh, that's not true, there once was a bracelet. That recorded everything you um, in the room for like ninety seconds. So and then it would re-record itself. So like, say you're wearing a watch, right? Your watch is recording everything, and every ninety seconds it records over itself. Well, you say to yourself, "What's what's important about that?" So let's just say uh, you're sitting in a room with somebody, and somebody walks in and goes, "Hey, I ha- I want to tell you a secret," and you go, "What is that?" And they say, "I've been sleeping with my wife's sister." Okay, it just got recorded on your watch, and then this is the fun part you tap your watch and it saves the last 90 seconds. So you automatically have the 90 second recording of your friend saying they, sl- they were sleeping with their wife's sister or whatever. Um, I don't know whatever happened to that one. That, was, that one interested me too. Really the kind of stuff where I can record people or spy on people without their knowledge is what really interests me. Kind of like the FBI, which brings us back to the topic of the day, ladies and gentlemen, which is the NDAA and how Congress screwed us all Right before they left for the holidays, um and that's exactly what happened in fact, a whole bunch of people let me just show you let me just let me just go to the list here. I have the list i looked at there's two lists there's the list of people who voted for uh, congress to or they voted i'm sorry for uh, the FBI to be able to do horrible things like um you know violate the Fourth Amendment of the Constitution of the United States and continue to spy on you with this FISA program, the foreign What is it? A Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act, I think is what it stands for. But it's not a Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act. It comes out to be an American Surveillance Act. And it's just them surveilling Americans most of the time illegally. But this FISA um, application system makes it totally legal. And that's why it's a bad thing. That's why a lot of folks thought they would get it out of the NDAA, which is the National Defense Authorization Act. It's basically so the NDAA, let's put it in big perspective here is about a trillion dollars almost, It's 880 billion. So, clo- I mean, rounding up, it's a trillion dollars. And it funds all of our national security, or what you might think is important and vital and critical to our national security. For example, the Pentagon. Very important that we have the Pentagon funded because, well, that's our national security hub. That's the hub for our armed services. Uh, and all those people that fight in the armed services, they need to get paid. And I think we even included a pay raise, which no one's really going to argue with because... Look, if you're putting your life on the line, you should probably make a decent wage, right? I think that's probably, I think that's probably true. Uh, But there's a lot of stuff that they tried to get stripped out of the bill. And by they, I mean, conservative America first politicians who went to Washington, D.C. to fight for you and not for Congress or special interests or big government or Joe Biden or anyone else. Um, And there's a handful of them. There's 118 of them who voted no on the NDAA. And the reason they voted no on the NDAA is because the things they didn't want in the bill stayed in the bill. Things like for example, funding drag shows and LGBTQ events at military bases there was a big hubbub a couple of years ago and by a couple of years ago I think last year where military bases were having drag shows for the troops and you had you had these drag queens coming on and dancing and 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 gallivanting and humping and doing drag queen type things. I haven't been to a drag queen show, but I've seen them on I've seen them on the Internet, so I kind of have an idea as to what uh, goes on in those. And, you know, and that was at a military base. And if it's at a military base, it's paid for by American tax dollars. And if it's paid for by American tax dollars, it's paid for by you and me. Unless, of course, you're like Hunter Biden and you don't pay your taxes. (laughs) Maybe that's why they don't care. Maybe because the Democrats aren't paying their taxes anyway. They're like, what do we care what the tax money goes to? We don't pay taxes. Hunter hasn't paid taxes in years. That's why he finds himself... In the situation he's into today, uh, it also continues to fund chief diversity officers. Now, this is a big, huge waste of money because now you have these officers, multiple of them, who are in charge of diversity. They're in charge of diversity. Now, again, I've never fought in the military, but I've had really good friends and family members who have. I have really good friends who've been Marines, Air Force. I, uh, I've talked to a lot of folks who've been generals. We we interact with the military all the time, and one thing I've never you know they, they talk about basic training and they talk about the needs of the troops and you know they talk about uh you know the skill the valuable skills they've learned whether it was you know working together as a group or tactical planning or uh, aerospace engineering they've learned all about artillery they've learned uh, you know how to how to thwart the enemy I mean really you want your military and again this is not my words but this is what I've always been taught the American military has to be trained to fight and win wars anywhere anytime. Quickly, decisively, and with as few American casualties as possible—that's my definition of that's like the mission statement for the United States military, in my humble opinion. I didn't know that diversity played into that. Like, I think you probably need to learn some hand-to-hand combat. You probably need to learn, uh, you know, how to fire a weapon. You probably need to learn how to fly a plane and dogfight, all that kind of. Like, I saw Top Gun multiple times. I don't remember De and I being part of the Top Gun program. I'm not a big fan of de and and I usually has the uh, the adverse effect. Instead of making people more diverse and included, they actually make people, they make things more diverse by excluding folks. Uh, Elon Musk, actually, he wrote just the other day, he wrote, D-E-I must D-I-E. The point was to end discrimination, not replace it with different discrimination, which is exactly what... DEI does doesn't matter. Congress doesn't feel that way. They think DEI is a OK, so they're going to continue to fund it with your tax dollars by uh, leaving these these chief diversity officers in the NDAA. It also allows military academies to admit students based solely on their race. Totally bizarre. This is the weirdest thing ever. Why are we admitting people to military academies based solely on their race, or why are we discriminating against students because they're not one race or the other? You know, I. I understand the military academies are a higher echelon of of maybe military training and learning, and you require you know it requires a different skill set or mentality. I get all that. But if somebody's willing to dedicate their lives to military service, whether it's the Air Force Academy, West Point, whether it's uh, the Annapolis, the Naval Academy, any of those things, I imagine that we should probably uh, deem race to be the least important characteristic when looking for candidates. However, uh, Congress and congressional Republicans and Democrats feel differently. Uh, this is where it gets really fun. The NDAA and the 880 billion dollars that has just been funded for the government's military and and national defense pays for sex change operations for trans soldiers. So, if you're a trans soldier and you decide it's time for you to go full male or full female, if you've got the male genitalia. And you want to get rid of it and replace it with the female genitalia or vice versa. you know what the, the procedure, Rush Limbaugh used to call the procedure an adidectomy, And he would say, you know, these trans uh, men, they're women basically, and they decide they want to be men. So they go in and they have an adidectomy, as opposed to men who want to be women and they have a chopidectomy. Uh, and those are two medical procedures that Rush Limbaugh, the late great coined. And, and they're still prominent today. In fact, they're more prominent today and fun fact, you're paying for our fighting men and women, our military men and women, to have addictomies and chapticotomies. Uh because chapticotomies. Yeah, that's what it is. Um it's tough to say. It's tough to, I don't say it that often, but when I do it's it it doesn't really doesn't really, you know, doesn't really roll off the tongue. Uh, but anyway, but that's that's part of the it, that's part of the funding package because the mental health of our fighting men and women is so important, which I agree it is. But I would say more the PTSD that comes from returning from battle or the fear that you and anxiety you have maybe going into battle in the first place. You know, I, if you're away from home, if you're away from home and you're feeling homesick and you miss your family and your friends and you're concerned and you need somebody to talk to, absolutely, let's make sure that our fighting men and women are super strong mentally and physically. But if you're like, I don't like this thing dangling between my legs, Captain, can I get a chop a dick off of me? Uh, uh, sure. No problem. And we'll, we'll fully fund it because of the NDAA. That's where you get into a little bit of a sticky situation. Probably shouldn't say sticky situation. I'll come up with a, I'll come up with better terminology. Uh, another thing it pays for is abortions for troops. Now I don't want to get into abortion because a lot of different people have a lot of different opinions about abortion. However, let me take a sip of my coffee. Cause I'm going to need a little more energy. Abortions. Once again, are more utilized these days as birth control measures than they are for medical purposes. You know, they always talk about rape and incest and the health of the mother and the child, and that's such a small part of the abortion issue. Uh, Most abortions are, hey, I got drunk and I did something with somebody I didn't want to do, and now I have a baby in my belly, and I don't want that because I don't want to spend the rest of my life yelling with this this guy I met at the bar about whether or not they're going to this school or that school or, you know, hey— Uh, You know, we need to, we need better health insurance. I mean, none of that stuff. That's what most abortions are. The majority. Um, This pays for abortions for troops, including travel costs, because the way they see it is, look, if you're uh, from a state that allows abortions and all of a sudden you get moved by the military, you get assigned to a base and you have to go there because you're in the military in a state that doesn't allow abortions and you get pregnant and want an abortion. Well, that's not your fault. We moved to that state, so we're going to pay for you to go to another state and get an abortion. All of that included in the NDAA. And of course, the worst part is that the unconstitu- uh, unconstitutional FISA program allows the FBI and other organizations to continue spying on you. Why is that a big deal? I'll tell you why it's a big deal. Because they spied on Donald Trump in 2016, they used a FISA warrant, they got it illegally with a phony dossier you may have heard of called the Steel dossier. And that was one of the things that that's one of the ways they tried to steal the election from Donald Trump and the Republicans in 2016 and elevate Hillary Clinton to the office of president. Now, it failed miserably. Why? Because Americans voted for Donald Trump. They saw through Hillary. They weren't ready for Hillary. They didn't want her in the office. They didn't trust her as far as they could throw her. Oh, and also there was a case of the 35,000 emails um, that she destroyed and bleached bit off of her phones, uh, which probably was a nail. In her presidential coffin. But look, they want to continue to do that. They want to be able to spy on Donald Trump. They want to be able to spy on his campaign. They want to be able to spy on his supporters. Remember, January 6th, uh, all the uh, January 6th protesters, the ones that were inside the Capitol and the ones who were outside the Capitol were hunted down by the FBI. And God knows what they searched, cell phone records, um, phone messages, text messages. They would roll up to your house and seize your phone. It was crazy what these people were doing. And every piece of information that they were able to get, a lot of it we don't know, uh, may have come from some of these illegal searches and seizures. If it hasn't, it doesn't matter because they still have the opportunity to go do it in the future, thanks to these Republicans and Democrats who voted for the uh, the FISA application system to be continued in the NDAA. Now, I want to turn your attention before we wrap it up to a couple of the people that voted against this bill. These are the heroes of the American cause. These are the heroes of conservatism. Okay. It's very interesting though. One of them was, uh, Kat Camack, who is a Florida district three, good friend of the show. Very conservative. We're very proud of her. I wrote to her, said, proud to know you. Aaron Bean, also from Florida right here, at, uh, not in my district, but that's Hannah's, my executive producer, Hannah, that's her, uh, Congress person. He voted against it. And I wrote to him and said, you make us proud. Um, Byron Donald's. You're probably very familiar with Byron Donalds by now. He's he's one he's on the short list, I think, for VP, and he always is voting uh, in a conservative way. So he is also someone who voted against it. Matt Gates, I mean, come on, need I say more? Matt, Ga- of course, Matt Gates, the hero to conservatism, who ousted uh, uniparty uniparty moderate Kevin McCarthy from the speakership. Um, he voted against it. That's no shocker. They, would, it would have been shocking had he not. Uh, there, there's a couple of other names on here: Chip Roy. Voted against it. That's not, that's not at all. Um, that's not at all surprising. Uh, Let's see a couple of other ones. Oh, of course, our buddy, our my new favorite, Tim Burchett, voted against it. Uh, Greg Stubbe in Florida. A lot of Florida Republicans. But here's where it really gets interesting because I want you to look at some of these other names. These are the nays. Okay, you're thinking, great, we have hyper conservatives who are voting against this bill. Okay, but look at the other names on here. Representative Alexandria Ocasio Cortez. Was a nay, okay? Representative Ilhan Omar was a nay. Representative Rashida Tlaib was a nay. Representative Cory Bush was a nay. In fact, the entire squad. Where's the guy that? Uh, where's the guy that pulled the alarm? Bowman, Jamal Bowman, was a nay. So now you're scratching your head and you're going, "Wait a minute, what is happening here? What? How can?" how can the most conservative Republicans vote exactly the same way that the most socialist left-wing lunatics in the Congress can vote? And that's exactly how the medium, that's exactly how the middle of the road moderate Republicans who voted for this along with the Democrats are going to explain it away to you. They're going to say this was truly a compromise bill. They're going to say the far-right MAGA conservatives who hate Gay people in the LGBTQ community and don't want you to wave the transgender flag at the military base, they didn't get everything they wanted, and the kooky left-wing socialists who are out there saying that everybody should drive around in an electric car paid for by the government, there should be no gas stoves, and uh, you should get three free abortions a year if you want them. Plus, borders are for losers. Those people are also voting against it because there were a couple of things taken out, like, for example, CRT trading. CRT training was removed, and I imagine that's one of the big things that the squad does not like. Uh, also, there was not as enough money for um, a couple of their other initiatives uh, that I think is what pushed them to the brink. So now everybody in the middle of the road, whether it's the Speaker of the House, Mike Johnson, whether it's rhino Republicans who are out there, whether it's pro-war hawks who are getting paid by the military-industrial complex, they're all going to come together, Republicans and Democrats alike, and say, look, the far right is pissed off. The far left is totally annoyed. It's a win. The middle of the road, that means everybody had to give up something and nobody got everything. It's a win. Don't buy that crap. It's a loss. It's a loss for us. It's a loss for anti wokeness. It's a loss for uh, Christian conservatism and morality. It's a loss for the original, uh, the original constitutionalists. It's a loss for the United States of America. They used a bill that everybody knows is going to pass because doesn't anybody nobody out there doesn't want to pay our troops more. Nobody out there wants to defund the Pentagon. Nobody out there saying, "You know what? We don't really need uh, national security. No, we're saying we need more. But as Matt Gates said it in his floor speech, we are allowing the government to spy on its own citizens in an effort to fund our military so that they can go and fight China. In other words, we are we are spending money to fight China. with a bill that actually makes us more like China. Because guess what they do in China? They spy on their own citizens. And there's nothing anyone can do about it. Apparently, unfortunately, there's nothing we can do about it here either. Except, of course, keep fighting and keep being angry and keep telling everybody. And that's why, you know, here's the thing. Usually, I took a different tact on this one. Usually, uh, Usually, when somebody doesn't vote my way, I write to them and go, you're a jerk. And I'm gonna do everything I can to throw you out of office next year. And I'm talking to you, John Rutherford. Um, but this time I did it differently. I went through my Rolodex and I wrote to every congressperson I know who voted the the way who voted nay, who voted to protect our American ideals and our principles and not fund wokeism and D E and I and all this other and transgender drag shows and and you know chop a dick off of me and all these other things. And I said, Hey, thank I you fought hard. Thank you so much. You make everybody proud. Because I figure, you know, we've got to keep those people. If you're getting fed up with these middle of the road rhino conservatives, if you're getting fed up with this Republican majority that doesn't do anything, imagine what these Republicans who actually show up every day and just continue to get punched in the face. Imagine how they feel. So I want them to know that we still we still know what they're doing for us. And even though we're not winning, we know that they're fighting hard. Um, So that's going to be one. I'm also going to tell John Rutherford to go suck it because that guy's annoying me more and more. And all, everybody else, everybody else who voted yes. Oh, uh, it, uh awkward fact. Mike Waltz from District 6 voted uh, for the NDAA, and he's going to be in the studio on Monday. So that'll be a fun conversation. Anyway, listen, we got to wrap this up because I've already gone long. But don't forget tomorrow, Saturday, we're going to have the special uh, Boston Tea Party edition of Marquet Saves the Republic. We'll be back Monday with a whole bunch of Christmas fun and uh, if you're watching on Locals, thank you so much. If you're not watching on Locals, you can watch this podcast on Locals every single day. Go to markk.locals.com. And it's probably the last day we can guarantee the the untold story of Christmas getting to you. The untold story of Christmas, the new retelling of the Christmas story in a really unique and uh, fantastic way that um, that we're gonna share next week on the, on the show. And we can share it with you right now in, in written form. Also, there's an audio book and an ebook. I read the audio book. And if you go to the website, uh, theuntoldstoryofchristmas.com, you can add, when you check out, you can also upgrade and get the ebook and the audiobook. So you can read along instantly and you can hear me read the story too. It's like story time. It's very, and then of course, like I said, this podcast every single day where I'm going to continue to tell you the story of the United States of America live as it unfolds because knowledge is power. You need knowledge, you need power so that you and me and everyone else listening can save the Republic.